I read an article recently in The Atlantic, and I've got to share it with you. Uh, this is a powerful message. The author of the article is Elizabeth Bruning, B-R-U-E-N-I-G, if you'd like to read the full article. The article first appeared on May 25th, 2023, and the title was What It Means to Forgive the Unforgivable. I don't usually share stories about murder, but I really feel that I need to share this one. The story is about James Barber killing Sarah Gregory's grandmother in 2001. He was high on drugs and alcohol at the time, so he did not remember anything about the incident. He hit Gregory's grandmother so hard that it killed her, but he had no recollection of the event. Barber knew Gregory's grandmother because he was a boyfriend to Gregory's aunt. Barber had been sentenced to death for the murder, and his execution was scheduled only weeks away. Sarah Gregory could not forgive James Barber for killing her grandmother, who was one of the kindest, most thoughtful human beings she had ever known. But something happened to Gregory the closer the execution date approached. She had been feeling anger toward Barber for 20 years. That's a long time, you know. And she began to discover that the anger caused her to forget the good qualities of her grandmother. In other words, the the vengeance that she had somehow started to overlay on her grandmother. She had a hard time remembering the goodness of her grandmother because she was remembering the evil that caused her death. So she had allowed vengeance, basically, to that she felt for the murderer to color her perception of the one she loved. Quote from the article, And then one day in the autumn of 2020, Gregory was driving, and a Bruce Springsteen song, Letter to You, came on the radio, and she knew what she had to do. She wrote a letter to Barbara, who was by then on Alabama's death row. Her letter began haltingly, but with purpose. She led with her loss. So she knew she had to write a letter to Barbara. Quote from the article, Before May 2001, you were part of our family, she wrote. You saw firsthand how close we all were and how we were held together by one woman. She was strong, graceful, filled with compassion and love. She forgave and saw the best in everyone, everyone unconditionally. When Barbara killed her grandmother, she said, he murdered, quote, our matriarch, best friend, my confidant, the woman who loved me, and I lost my hero that night, and I lost her in the most horrible way imaginable. These are all words from the letter that Sarah wrote to James Barber. The internal struggle that has eaten me alive all these years has to end now, Gregory went on. I am tired, Jimmy. I am tired. I am tired of carrying this pain, hate, and rage in my heart. I can't do it anymore. I have to do this and truly forgive you. She hoped that Barbara had already asked God and her grandmother for forgiveness and that the entreaties had yielded some comfort for him. Quote, I prayed that when you answer to God, you have peace and acceptance in your soul. I prayed that when you see Grandmama again, she embraces you and tells you it's okay. I forgive you, Jimmy. I forgive you for everything you did. End quote. Quite a powerful letter that she sent to the one who murdered her 
grandmother. So she sent the letter, and she didn't know if Barbara would even respond or if he would even receive it. You know how mail and things happen in prisons. Very, very challenging to get things through to the prisoner, actually. But then she received a letter from Barbara not too long after, and here's the excerpt from his letter. Quote, I broke down and started crying, Barbara said. I thought it was bad. I thought they'd gloat and say, you're going to get what's coming to you. I thought it was going to be bad, and the letter started out like that. But as he kept reading, Barbara said, it brought me to my knees, end quote. He wrote Gregory back, quote, Dear Sarah, Receiving your letter was the single most edifying, uplifting moment that I have experienced short of October 6, 2001, when I forced the county jail to be baptized for the remission of my sins unto the death and res resurrection of Jesus Christ. Quote, it had been a pivotal moment for Barber as he went on to explain, quote, I did not pick up the Bible to seek out God or get out of jail or anything of the sort, he said. Rather, it was and I'm ashamed by this boredom. With the jailhouse TV on the fritz and only one book a month passing through his hands, Barbara decided to read the good book to pass the time. That's the only reason he picked up the Bible. is the only thing he could read, the only thing that was available. He would read for hours, he said. And once he had read it the first time, he read it again and again and again. Quote, I'm not going to tell you I saw doves ascending or anything of that kind, quote, but there was a definite change before I finished, end quote. The Bible, he wrote, had saved what was then his, quote, worthless life, end quote. Quote, I know you didn't write the letter to hear me say I'm sorry, he, he wrote turning to the miracle of Gregory's forgiveness, which he did his best to witness. Sarah Sorry could never come close to what is in my heart and soul. The self-loathing, shame, shock, and utter disbelief at what took place at my hand almost overcame me. If not for God's grace, I would be gone, end quote. The only thing that had kept him from suicide, he said, was that he had no clear recollection of committing Dorothy's murder. I don't think, quote, I could tell you anything that would explain or enlighten. There is no explanation. I loved Dottie, loved her with all my heart, still do, end quote. So, now how did it feel to be forgiven? Barbara strained to describe it. Quote, receiving your letter caused me to break down and sob for several long minutes. You are a sweet, wonderful person. I can't tell you how much that means to me that you have that kind of spirit in you. I'm so glad you found the grace and strength to write, end quote. He wished her well and placed himself forever in her debt, with only a hope spared at the end of his long letter that Gregory might write back. When Gregory opened his letter, she, quote, could feel those feelings of anger and resentment coming off of me. She set to work on a return letter. Quote, you have freed me, she wrote back in September of 2020. Quote, receiving your letter was the final piece of freedom. The weight was lifted when I forgave you in my heart, but your response back brought me indescribable freedom and release. I have no anger, zero. 
I feel as if a thousand pounds were lifted from my soul. I cannot thank you enough. I am sorry that it took me so long, end quote. They began to talk on the phone after this. You know, they said, it's a pretty cool relationship, Gregory said. They talk about Gregory's life, her son, the Lord. Gregory told me that they sometimes talk weekly, sometimes monthly. Barbara looks forward to their conversations with happy anticipation. Quote, I love that girl more than I love anybody else in the world, he said. I love her more than anything else on this planet. End quote. Gregory had possessed something he needed, her forgiveness, which she had given to him freely, and this act of charity had forged a bond between them. The way Gregory remembers her grandmother now, she told me, is how she chooses to remember her. But if anyone knows anything about the bracing joy of forgiveness, it's Gregory. And what she feels at the prospect of Barbara's execution is only despair. Now, before reading this article, I had not thought about the relationship between Freud and Freude that I discussed in the last episode and forgiveness. When Gregory got rid of the anger and hate inside her, she opened herself to forgiveness. And then a mysterious thing happened. She began to have feelings of charity toward Barbara, the one who had killed her grandmother. They kept in touch by phone, and Barbara developed the same feelings of love toward her. I like the phrase, bracing joy of forgiveness. Gregory not only felt relief after she forgave Barbara, she felt joy, real joy, maybe a kind of joy that she had never experienced. But here's the powerful point of all this. She not only felt that bracing joy of forgiveness, but Barbara felt it too as the one who had been forgiven. This is the miracle of forgiveness. It brings joy upon joy for both the victim and the perpetrator. And then Barbara and Gregory rejoiced together. They experienced Freud and Freude, which I believe we can all experience when we forgive someone for something that even might seem unforgivable. The source of the joy is clear. It comes from God. When hearts soften, God's love fills one's soul. God's love replaces anger and hate with love. And nothing, absolutely nothing, in my opinion, can be more joyful than that. It's almost like a triumph of the soul. Sarah Gregory overcame her vengeance replaced it with love. She overcame her inability to forgive, replaced it with love. And the perpetrator of the crime felt that same joy. They rejoiced together. That is Freud and Freude, and that is something we need more of in our lives. It needs to happen more in families. It needs to happen more among neighbors and friends. It needs to happen all the time. We need to forgive quickly and fully and feel that Freud and Freude, that rejoicing in the joy of God's love. I hope this is helpful, and we will see you next time.